Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Ed and his dead mother and Dead Alive. Do those even exist outside of VHS? For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Well, it turns out global warming's not real, though, because we figured it out. The oceans have just been rising due to all the rocks that fall in there. So, yeah. Uh, That's what I heard. So everything they say upsets me. So it's been just we've just been misled by bad information until now that we got that figured out. <laughs> uh, also, I don't know if you know this, but an abundance of uh, doors is what causes school shootings as well. <laughs> I did hear that one. Way too many entrances and exits. Doors. Yeah. Yes. That's what caused. These Are they referring to fire exits? The fact that schools have fire exits is a gun hazard. That—that's correct. You need—you need one way in, one way out. If a fire occurs, you just—that's. Let's be fair. There's a lot fewer fires in schools than there are mass shootings. So, well, here, if, if you got to pick yeah. between what, which one you take a risk in. You know what the the worst thing is? That's a joke. That's actually statistically probably accurate. Oh, I wasn't making a joke. Yeah. I'm laughing no. at your country, but I'm not making a joke. Uh, there was an attempted shooting here in Dixon. Well, yeah, not too far from here. Did you see that, Brian? Yeah. You say not too far from here, but isn't Dixon like way north? Mm, That's what... Hour, hour two, maybe. That's, that's that's where the that's where the drive-in is. Yeah. All right. Well, it's just like an hour and a half for me. Well, that's and, what I'm saying. So so two hours. Two. And you're in an hour and a half for me in the other way. I still consider in the fact that Illinois is nothing but an endless sea of cornfields. A two-hour drive is not that far away. All right. Not not mean. Sure, I guess. But in that case, a cop responded appropriately <laughs> and nobody died it's weird how that works it's fucking crazy oh, we got so many problems now or er, doug well i know i know <sighs> we have the issue here of some people feel that the royal wedding is a big deal and some people feel it is not so there's quite a controversy around <laughs> Some people will be talking about the royal wedding. Other people will just like go ah and walk away. That that's fighting in Canada. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna we be have honest. that problem too. 
I'm so sick of hearing about the royal wedding. I was just praying that an army of geese would fly over that wedding and just shit on every fucking single person. Because yeah. that is the only good thing that could have come of it. No, it's not their fault. I know it's not their fault, but man, I just wanted to see people be like, oh my god, she looks so elegant in her dress and it's goose shit! <laughs> I have to admit, I wasn't hoping for that, but I would have tuned in if you could have proven that that was going to happen. <laughs> right. I just, I like, while well, at work, whenever I'm in lulls, I tend to read news articles because I'm a, a fucking masochist and I hate myself. I do the same thing. Also masochist, also hate myself, therefore also read the news. Yeah. But, so, I'm, I couldn't read any real important news because everything was about this stupid fucking wedding, and I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't care that they're getting married. I don't care what the fuck her dress looks like. I don't care that her dad's sick. Fuck him. I don't know him. <laughs> dad's sick? That's too bad. Now I am concerned. I'm just saying, I know everything. I know her sister was in a fucking hospital. I know all of this fucking information, and I don't read those articles. That's just the insane amount of headlines that you <laughs> parted with. It was easier to get Noah going this week than I expected. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's miserable. All I was waiting for is somebody to tell me, like, Jamie Kennedy is going to be the groomsman. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> now, before the wedding starts, we would like everybody to be seated for an hour and a half of stand-up comedy from our dear friend, Jamie Kennedy. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. I did see a picture of the prince guy in his uh, in his like wedding costume, and he had the big top hat on. And somebody put the caption, "That's one bad hat, Harry," and that made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know for sure that that was from the wedding. I just know I saw that. <laughs> Good lord! Somebody was like, "Finally, my time has come." This meme I've been holding on to for a year. To finally use. Let the great mememing begin. <laughs> can, you guys, can you guys hear the little fan I just turned on? No. But I will leave it on because it's hot as balls back here. I usually have a fan on, but it's nice and cool downstairs today, so I don't need it. Um, and as exciting as that is, why don't we uh, jump in and talk about this week's movies, which we are a week behind. This really should have been our Mother's Day episode. No, not for us. And we completely missed it. <laughs> for a normal podcast, that's what they would do. What did we talk how about did, Mother's Day? Killer cats or some shit? I don't know. How did we, how did we look at the list and not see that? I don't know. <laughs> I instead assume you guys they got, saw it and just didn't care. Instead, they got Rawhead Rex and uh, Demons for Mother's Day. Yeah, there were mothers in those movies. Sure. I think one of the one of the horrors that was with that pimp guy was a mother. I think they mentioned it in dialogue. I'm not sure. I was going to say, and I'm pretty sure Rawhead Rex was actually defeated by the power of motherhood. There you go. <laughs> See? It's just we have we pay tribute to mothers so often around here that we can't narrow down to 
one Mother's Day show, we have to do like a Mother's Day month. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to rationalize it, I guess. Nothing but mothers and motherfuckers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that sounds like the worst porn ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Doug, why don't you tell us about uh, Brain Dead, aka Dead Alive, aka uh, Peter Jackson's movies back when they were halfway decent? Yeah, so uh, Dead Alive or Brain Dead or whatever we're calling it is a sequel to King Kong, whereby a sick monkey is brought back to New Zealand from Skull Island, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, Somehow it turns people into zombies by biting them. And, he has uh, the bite. <laughs> essentially, yeah. Essentially, uh, a guy's mom is bit, but he doesn't really want to admit that she's sick, and it gradually spreads the disease around town. Meanwhile, he is being courted uh, aggressively by a gypsy woman, I think, and uh, all hell breaks loose. An an ambiguously. Uh raced and yet somehow still a racist caricature yeah she's like a racist caricature but I'm not sure of who exactly uh, it's it's quite the accomplishment actually to pull it off anyways yeah so all bloody hell breaks loose there's a whole bunch of people that are turned into zombies there's a creepy old uncle guy that comes in and tries to blackmail uh, our main character into uh, getting over his mom's estate he gets turned into a zombie. There's a zombie baby, which is actually a pretty unique idea for 1992. Wow. I mean, that's your story. <laughs> no, I don't feel this film was about the story, though. Um, no. No, this film was so. In, in, in order of how awesome things. Yeah, in order of how the special effects went, it was like creepy little monkey, <laughs> followed by zombie mom followed by squirting the pus from zombie mom into custard and watching people eat it uh, damn, damn fine custard because <laughs> he's all mad because did anybody else pick up on the funniest thing in this movie to me was the fact that like it's the woman's welfare league or something and it's a woman and her husband that run it and the husband is like this fucking like masochistic guy who comes over and he's like yelling at his wife the whole time and I'm like that's not who should be in charge of the woman's welfare league he doesn't suit that role at all and I, I couldn't stop laughing about it while I was watching the movie which is ridiculous considering everything else that was going on what we need is a war <laughs> so, so first time watch for you guys from the sounds of it you're probably pretty mediocre on the film no, I've seen this before I'm sure you have. Everybody has. <laughs> I I would say odds are this is my most watched film. I bet I've watched it more times. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so, what is it about this movie that makes it so rewatchable for you? I there's nothing bad about this movie. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I was going to say it's just it's a series of awesome things. Each thing more awesome than the last, and. It's one of the most quotable movies of all time. 75% of the dialogue in this movie is somebody saying something awesome. <laughs> oh, you found your dad's stack films, eh? 
That is one of the weirdest parts to me. Like, when is this movie supposed to be set? Like, why are they all acting like stag films or something nobody knows how to find? Does anybody know if this movie is supposed to be like a period piece or something? <laughs> or is that just what New Zealand is like? Because I don't know much about New Zealand. Um, didn't the beginning say it took place in the 50s? I accept that. I or at least that's, that, that's that seems ca- right, but that's at least when they captured the monkey, and I assumed it was not like a long journey from them capturing the monkey to it being the mom getting bit at the at the zoo. It's hard to tell because it's you don't know how old that monkey is because it's really made out of like claymation. So yeah. it's Ray Harryhausen style evil monkey rat thing. <laughs> I was gonna say if you're not on board with this movie uh, after the intro scene on the island. Turn it off and walk away. (laughs) There's a moment in that intro scene where the, speaking of racist stereotypes, the natives show up and they're like trying to stop them from taking the monkey off the island, which is the the sign to the audience that that's what's evil is the monkey. And the guy pulls out the fucking permit and he's slamming the faces. I am from New Zealand Zoological Society and I have a permit to take this back with me. And it's like, right away it's like that's the moment i think is when he pulls out that <laughs> permit you're either in or you're out and if you're in i don't think you'll be disappointed and if you're out you're not going to enjoy another minute of this film <laughs> yeah it is weird looking back and looking at sort of these light and fun movies that peter jackson used to make yeah and now they're all like super serious and everything it'd be nice to have a return to that i think yeah, it's um, sort of like Sam Raimi when he went back and kind of revisited his classic style. I think it'd be fun to watch Peter Jackson try that now. Yeah. I just wish he'd go back to making gross stuff. Yeah. I think that's what we're all saying. We're just trying <laughs> that's, that's all I, I mean, I don't care about fun or anything. I just, I just want to. <laughs> I don't care about fun or anything. Fun is for suckers, man. Um, yeah. I think the best thing about this movie, and kind of Noah actually alluded to this, is like the crescendo effect of how things go in this movie is just like it starts with like a lady get gets bit by a monkey, and that's kind of silly. And by the time you get to Zombie Baby, you're like, all right, things are getting a little out of hand. <laughs> and then at the end, it, it, like the infamous like lawnmower scene, and you're like, how did we get from monkey on an island to this in like an hour and a half? I mean, I mean, lawnmower scene, be damned. There's a guy who's being harassed by a set of intestines and lungs that are crawling across the floor after it. So weird. (laughs) It is. It's weird, but it's awesome. I did watch now, for this time for the first time, I watched the uncut version. Okay. Uh, And it was a little different. Yeah, I've heard there's extra scenes, but I've never, I don't don't remember if I've ever seen the the brain-dead version. I almost want to go back and rewatch the uh, the standard version again because there are little bits and pieces. For the most part, it seems like the movie's the same. It's just some of the gags carry on longer. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Is it's not really there's no major plot changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just no more plot, plot. So yeah, like in the in this the lawnmower scene at the end. There's a lot more of Paquita jamming things into the uh, the food processor. Okay. Just like jamming arms and legs and shit into the food processor. <laughs> it's hard to know where to draw the line on something like that, you know. 
And uh, the scene where the the hands bust through the door and grab his face, and uh, she cuts off one of the hands. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember if this is quite the exact same because she does it with a pair of scissors. It's in the in the uncut version, they're like mustache scissors, <laughs> and like it takes her many many snips to get through the hand. She's basically just snippy 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 snippy. snippy. And I don't recall that from the original version. I watched the uh, whatever's on YouTube. Yeah, me too. Uh, which was titled Dead Alive. I seem to remember many snips as well, but there may have been more. <clears throat> There's so much going on in this movie that it's really yeah, hard to get exactly. into that specific of a detail. Exactly. Oh, I'm just saying, what what is the greatest line from this movie? Because like I said, it's so fucking quotable. Every line is a good line. Well, I kick ass for the Lord, I think is yeah. probably one of the best things that's it's ever been written. It's time for a little divine intervention! <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that whole process of just we're just going to cut away from the relatively normal plot line that's going on here. We're just going to have a big fight scene between a priest and some zombies now. If you guys don't mind. It's just like, it's almost like it's a weird little short film that is edited into this main storyline. And not just a priest, but like a ninja priest. Well, yeah, a ninja priest, of course. Otherwise, he'd be getting killed by the zombies for sure. I would, say, I, I would say a lot of the movies like that, though, because then you have, you know, you have the zombie dinner scene. Yeah basically like its own little thing and the uh taking the zombie baby for a walk in the park <laughs> that is the least sensical moment in the film. yes because he like finds the zombie baby and he's like well better take it to the park and immediately tries to act like the other parents hyperactive <laughs> and then when it gets out of control he doesn't try to conceal it he starts banging the baby on like playground equipment to try to fucking get awesome <laughs> and you know what i've always loved that scene like that's always been one of my favorite points in the movie but Watching it this time, I think I just got such a kick out of watching the mothers in the background reacting to him <laughs> fighting with the zombie baby. I don't think I'd ever paid attention to them before. And they're all just so judgmental, but none of them want to say anything. Which feels very real to life to me. I'm just like, those people, it's almost like they're just like candid, like caught in the background if we just went and filmed this in the park. <laughs> he shouldn't be doing that, but it's not our place to say anything. We'll just sit here and judge. <laughs> Yeah, nobody calls like the cops or anything. Well, it was a different time. You were allowed to hit your kids back then. Yeah, we saw him stuff the baby into a bag and then punch it repeatedly. But yeah, you know what? Not our place. You know what? Different people have different ways of disciplining their children. (laughs) No one knows what's right. (laughs) Uh, I even like I even like the old gypsy grandma for some reason. Yep. Especially the line where she's like trying to read her daughter's future and she's like, You will meet a man and your love will last forever. And she flips out the card and she goes, That doesn't look like Roger. And she goes, It is not Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do we have any idea of their ethnicity? Generic. Generic gypsy. The yeah. yeah, the creepy uncle refers to them as like Spanish or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, the grandma's like gypsy. The grandpa, I don't know, it just seems like surly Italian man. <laughs> and the daughter is like Spanish, maybe. 
Yeah. Do they have like? Do they have gypsies in New Zealand? I don't think so. Oh, they have sheep. That's a whole different thing. But they're gypsies, dog. They just move around. Yeah, but New Zealand's difficult to get to. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like you can just be like wandering and just end up there. (laughs) As I understand it, I don't know. Oh well. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else? I mean, <laughs> how does how does everybody come down on the special effects in the movie? Uh, the special effects are amazing. They really are, and they hold up so well. Yeah, like the opening yeah. scene where they chop that dude's arm off. I'm just like, holy shit, that still looks amazing. Oh yeah, and it's, I mean, it's like you know, I'm sure we've said this before, and every other horror podcast has said it, but practical effects, man, they hold up so much yeah. better than the CG stuff does. Because even when they don't look real, they still look great. And yeah. this movie's like, but there are moments in this movie where it's like, like when that one guy is eating and he jams a spoon in it, it goes comes right at the back of his head, and he's just sitting there all kind of confused. <laughs> or like a, that's in the same scene when he's feeding the one zombie and she's eating stuff and it's coming out the hole in her neck. <laughs> that all looks so good, and I'm just like, I don't understand yeah. how they pulled that off. Like I. I could not explain to you how they have stuff go in her mouth and come out her neck. <laughs> I, and you know, unless they really cut a hole in a person's neck, which is probably against some sort of rule. Yeah, there's some really good like edit cut special effects too. Yeah. Like whenever she's uh, talking to the blonde chick, and the guy punches through the back of her head, and his arm comes out of her mouth. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna point out. Like the the use of special effects along with the editing in this is top notch. That scene specifically, I've always been super impressed with that one. Yeah. Yeah, they're it's... all. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean another example of what you're saying is the same, the same zombie that has the stuff come out of her neck. At one point, he tilts her head back so he can feed the food directly into her. Esophagus without having to go through the mouth, and uh, there it's not. It's like if you're watching closely, it's an obvious cutaway, but it's another one that's done really well where you don't notice it if you're not paying attention, looking for it. That they cut from the actress to a dummy or whatever. Mm. I've also been a big fan of the, the the one little scene where he goes to get the tranquilizers, and, and for some reason there's like a crazy. Mortician uh, Nazi, yeah. <laughs> who, who full and well knows that he's selling this guy stuff for nefarious purposes. Oh yeah, and he, when he gets super upset when the guy asks for like uh, whatever the first thing he asks for, and he's like, "I can't sell you that." And he's like, "What about tranquilizers?" Oh yeah, we've got that. We got lots of that. <laughs> I don't understand like, why like, he's a Nazi. <laughs> Well, I mean, why is Jeffrey Combs a Nazi and Frighteners? No reason. It's a solid point. <laughs> it is almost just like because they wanted to offend more groups, they decided to put a Nazi in there. <laughs> Look, this way, Germans will be upset with us, but so will Jewish people. It's great. We can offend even more people. <laughs> Are you going to drink or sniff? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so, so maybe we should do this in reverse. Is there anything in this movie anyone doesn't like? Uh, 
I don't know. I guess, I mean, if I had to pick something, uh, the sort of uh, beginning middle part, I feel like drags a little bit. Oh, really? I yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to pick something. It's just, you go from Rat Monkey getting the du- dude's arm chopped off, and then, you know, it's all this exposition time of uh, setting that dude up, setting uh, the gypsy girl up, them going to the zoo, and then Rat Monkey bites the bomb, and then that's kind of when stuff starts rolling. Um, and they, I don't know how you would chop that down. Yeah, I mean, they, really, they I just want to see. slave ships pulled up to the island. All the little rats came scuttling off of the ships and raped the little tree monkeys. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's right. There's rape jokes and slavery jokes in this movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Oh my god. It hurts. It hurts my insides. Yeah, no, I don't even. I, I like. I'm usually the guy that can come up with the stuff that's critical of a film, but in this one, I'm like, I'm even gonna push back a bit and say I don't feel like the movie dragged during all those like exposition scenes because there was enough like just random, unnecessary slapstick comedy in there to make sure you never got bored. Well, all I really want is just a compilation, like a YouTube compilation of just all the awesome like special effects scenes. But that's pretty much what the movie is, except for those three <laughs> exposition scenes that you want cut out. Well, there you go. <laughs> like, you, your YouTube compilation scene is going to be four minutes shorter than the, than the actual movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything's good about it. And it's even, like, if you break it down from a literary perspective, it's even a pretty solid story about the trying to uh, get out from underneath the heel of his oppressive mother. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weak, but it, there's enough of a story there, if you're looking for that. You think it's weak? I think at the end, he's literally re-swallowed by his mother's womb. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, but I'm saying I, there's I, not I, much I, of a story there. It's a very basic very basic story, is all I'm saying. Well, but it's, it's a human condition thing, and at the sure. end, he's a stronger person because of it. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Good for good for him. He kills a bunch of zombies with a lawnmower. There's also like a lot of like the like he's mowing the lawn at the beginning, and you get like the close-ups of those blades, and it is kind of setting you up. Like the foreshadowing is done really well, I think. Um, knowing that hey, those blades are going to be important later in the movie. Not just that lawnmower, but the blades specifically. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything I would necessarily criticize about this movie. It's near perfect. Um, I know I will say in the mom's house I found the wallpaper really annoying in the main hallway Uh, but I don't know maybe that's just what hallways in New Zealand look like in the films maybe that's very authentic I can't say for sure it's a weird thing to be upset about I'm I am racking my brain looking for criticisms of this movie and that's where I'm at that's how far down the list of things I got to before I found something that bothered me Because I mean, all like all the scenes we talked about are perfect for what they are. I mean, you could like you could say, okay, well, taking the zombie baby to the park is not necessary plot-wise, but it was so good that you would never want them to take it out. So it's not really a criticism. Yeah. 
I don't know. Bre- breaking it down, I would say Dead Alive, as far as horror movies go, it's got to be top 20. Pretty easy. I would, I would, I would have a hard time finding twenty movies to pump it out with. It's yeah, I don't know. I I don't like to rank movies, especially when you get into different subgenres. But well, that's what I was gonna say. If if you went specifically to horror comedy, it moves way up. Yeah, it's like it belongs in the discussion with like Evil Dead Two, as far as best ever. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't like. I don't think I'm saying anything even remotely controversial by comparing it to Evil Dead Two. It's that gum. No, I did. Like, I wasn't sure when I was going to get a chance to watch it this week. And if I did have to watch it when Amanda was home, because sometimes she'll watch whatever I'm watching for the show. If I just told her, oh, it's a lot like Evil Dead 2, that would have clued her in specifically to what kind of movie it was, and she probably would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, Char is not super into gore. <laughs> not for her then yeah and so this one it was like one of those things where I was like when am I going to watch this movie like it she'll just internet or something but this one's like non-stop guts and blood dick jokes and creepy <laughs> creepy rapey uncles and zombie sex zombie sex <laughs> The zombie sex, I have to admit, caught me off guard. I, I like had it had slipped my mind that there was a zombie sex scene in this movie or something, and I'm like, that's very, very strange. <laughs> but I knew there was a zombie baby, so I don't know how I where I thought it came from. You see, Doug, when two zombies love each other very much. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Does anybody feel like this was just them? Sitting in a room together, going, you know, it'd be cool. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what else would be cool? Oh yeah, it's it's like every group of stupid fifteen-year-old boys sit around and have that discussion. But when you have a really good filmmaker take those ideas and put them on screen, this is what you get. And it's like that's the difference between this and most of like the shitty direct-to-video stuff that you'll watch is that you have a, a talent behind it. Obviously, there's somebody involved in special effects that's really good. I don't know who that is. And then you've got a good director to put this all together. Mm-hmm. And like, I usually like four watching this one paired up with. I like watching it paired up with bad taste, just because you can see the ramp up in skill, and it's ridiculous. Like you go from one, bad taste is an awesome movie all on its own for other reasons, but. You can see the transition from that to this, in which this is basically that perfected, if that makes sense. Okay. See, I've, I've owned Bad Taste on DVD for like 15 years and haven't watched it yet. So. I've never seen it either. We'll have to get to it for the show. <laughs> it's on the list. <laughs> um, so apparently IMDb Trivia says on its initial release in its Fair home it turf... Of New Zealand, this movie earned more per screen than Batman Returns. Well, this is a better movie than Batman Returns. Ooh, ouch! It's not. A, I don't. Again, I wasn't taking a shot at anybody. <laughs> That's not a criticism of anything. I don't know. That's just an observation. Somewhere in the world, Tim Burton just went. What? 
<laughs> Shut up, Tim Burton. We all saw what happened to your fucking career, you prick. And apparently his uh, Peter Jackson's favorite scene from the movie is the park scene with the baby. Yeah. Well, that must have been the most fun to film. Because everything else, like all the other stuff, like as great as the zombies look and everything, that would be very, very difficult to do. But the stuff in the park is just get a doctor who's good with slapstick comedy, get a fucking doll, and that's just go. It must have just been hilarious to do. Uh, and if, uh, if nobody's watched, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, you can see the Sumatran rat monkey crate in the back, in the background when they're, uh, below deck during one of the scenes. Is that true? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's why I figured, that's why I figured you brought up that it was a, uh, somewhat sequel to King Kong. Well, it's not. So it's a direct sequel, but it's not to the Peter Jackson King Kong because that came oh, much gotcha. later. Yeah. Sequel to the original King Kong. I guess the third. I was. Version. I was at a uh, a costume party one time, and somebody came as the uh, the guy from the beginning, the guy from the Zoological Society, and he had a little crate with a really realistic looking monkey puppet. Which, you know, the arm around the cage of space so he can constantly make the, the thing move and then it can, like, lean out and fight people. It was the best <laughs> costume I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess we would all be in agreement that Alive's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I don't think anybody is listening to our podcast who hasn't seen this movie and doesn't like this movie already. I'd be curious if there is anyone out there who doesn't like it, if you can offer an intelligent, logical like argument as to why, let us know in feedback. Or, you know, if you uh, haven't seen it, watch it and then email in and tell us how much you liked it, because you will. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, I guess we can move on to Edna's dead mother, which honestly feels like somebody sat down two uh, film directors in one room and said, all right, so we're going to have movies about uh, guys' mothers who die and come back to life and go make that film. And Peter Jackson went to make Dead Alive and whoever whoever directed this one made this movie. Yeah. You're suggesting that they're very different. Is that what you're trying to get at? Uh, no, the, actually, the I mean, the core idea is very si- similar, but then the yeah. the final product is like just about as different as you can get. Uh, yeah. No, why don't you tell us about Ed and his dead mother? Uh, so Steve Buscemi plays Ed whose mother has recently died and you can tell that his life is pretty pathetic because basically his mom is still running his life from the grave (laughs) just because he still does all the things that mother wanted and the other guy's his uncle correct yes Yes. do they ever establish if it's his sister or his dad's brother I believe it's his sister yeah I think he calls her sister a couple times in the movie 
Okay. What, they, what they don't ever establish is why he lives in the same house as his nephew. Yeah. Uh, he works at a hardware store, and his life is pretty boring, but all right. Uh, and his uncle likes to spy on the neighbor girl. <laughs> as you do. Like a pervert. With like an old-timey telescope. With an old-timey telescope. Shows up to to offer Ed a deal. He can bring back Ed's mother, and apparently this is a very common thing. Lots of politicians and stuff are dead. Just reanimated. <laughs> uh, for a small nominal fee. Uh, he shows up, the body's dismembered. All of a sudden, the fee goes up again. Mom comes back. She's alive and everything's fine for about a day, and then Oh, what's that? Oh, there's also medicine she needs. We're going to have to have some more money for that. <laughs> and basically, it seems like the whole thing is just a giant scam, which is the weirdest scam ever. <laughs> I love the fact that they... The conceit of the movie is that they can bring people back from the dead. They know how to do that. But instead of just making that a really expensive thing and going for a niche market, they go and they hit these guys with a bunch of little tiny fees to keep pushing it up. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. The idea that it's just like this little scam. Uh, the the catch-22 turns out to be that there are bugs that she has to eat because by consuming their life, it extends her life. He's given a stiff warning only to give her two a night before bedtime. And the very first night, she eats the whole box. She becomes addicted to life, begins attempting to eat larger things, such as dogs. <laughs> and what's-his-face, that actor that's in a lot of things. You know who I'm talking about. What? The, the guy who plays the asshole guy who keeps oh. coming to beat up... Uh, You're talking Ed. about Uncle Rico. Yeah, Uncle Rico. John, John Grease. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he just he's just not a super recognizable guy for some reason. Also, the Wolfman from Monster Squad, in human form. Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah that's I did right. not realize it was the same guy. Yeah. I'm upset with myself. I would have been cheering for that character if I'd known yeah. that's who it was. And also the werewolf guy from Friday Night Part Two that came out the same year as. Monster yeah. Squad. Yeah. We don't like talk about that one as much. <laughs> so Ed's mom becomes a hazard. Ed starts getting real into sexy lady next door, who apparently has thought that he's the one who's been staring at her. And she's real into it. Weird plot point. It's uh, a weird future wife of Kevin Sorbo. Yes, indeed. Even though he's kind of an asshole now. Let's not talk about Kevin Sorbo. Hercules <laughs> used to be awesome, and now he makes me sad. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much the whole thing. We find out that the uh, the chick is uh, a traitor, traitor in the midst, and part Bad of the scam bitch. to get more money from Ed because apparently they can hire someone to live next door to him. <laughs> And maybe just don't spend that money and you've made plenty. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. How much? How much could they possibly be paying her? They say at the beginning that he got a sixty thousand dollar life insurance policy that they're after. Sixty. <laughs> if they're paying her twenty thousand dollars a year, which is shit. Well, they have to rent that house too. <laughs> yeah. And she has to be there long enough to that she's established before everything shows up. Like this doesn't seem like a great business plan. <laughs> Not really. It's not sustainable. No. Plus, I mean, that salesman drives around in that fancy car all the time. Well, you got to look the part. I know. He probably lives in it, too. Well, he's about to get fired because he's not doing a good enough job for the sales because he gives, like, the discounts to Ed, <laughs> which is kind of a, a funny little plot point that they just edit in. I would uh, say... I would so say no, the, movie, the movie's a little light on the horror. That is true. Agreed, yeah. They, for considering the subject matter, they really avoid getting involved in the gore aspect of things very much. Uh, Doug, you did say you were excited to see that Ned Beatty was in this movie, though. I was just a little caught off guard by Ed, Ed, Ned Beatty showing up in this. Like I'm like, it's... He's a pretty well-known actor, and I don't understand why he's like, because then it's, he's a pretty major part of the film, too. And he's doing things on screen that you wouldn't necessarily want to be known for doing. So <laughs> why is he in this? Like, Who did he owe money to, or who is the director related to that caused Ned Beatty to sign on for this movie? I don't understand. <laughs> Ned Beatty needed a new house. Something like that new house on Edna's dead mother money? I don't think so. <laughs> no. A new shoe rack for the front room of the house. Do you want to know the saddest part? What's the saddest part? So I was looking on IMDb at this movie. Yeah. The proposed budget was just shy of $2 million. Oh, I, are you taking a talk about the box office? Because I did look up the box office. And the box office was like $637 an opening weekend. <laughs> It's. I've never seen like I thought it was a typo when I first looked it up. I checked a couple of different sources. I've never seen somebody post a box office that's only three digits long before. Now, to be fair, that could just be like one theater in New York, one theater in L.A. for a weekend. It, it's sometimes like, it's, they do that, but it's liter- it's literally one theater. That all that money is from one theater. <laughs> I did. I did another. I think it was a theater in L.A. Okay. But I, I have a feeling that maybe this is the kind of movie that, um, you know, two million bucks isn't a lot of money to throw into it. Somebody greenlit it and then forgot about it, and then they brought them the finished product and went, "When was when's our release date?" And somebody watched it and went, "The fuck are we going to market this thing?" <laughs> Keeping yeah. in mind in '92 as well, like the difference between one theatrical weekend and then dumping it onto VHS versus the cost of printing enough prints to put it in theaters across the country was a big deal. Um, You know, now in the digital era, you can put as many copies out there as you want. It's not hard, but it was a lot more. You had to physically print off copies onto expensive film and then ship that to every city if you wanted it there. You wanted it out there. So I assume that's what happened. Is they're just like nobody's going to watch this. Um, it's going to be very, very limited market. So we'll just put it on VHS, and those people can find it. <laughs> so ultimately, what did you think, Noah? 
I actually, I like this movie. I don't. I feel like it was unnecessarily uh, uh, thrown aside when it came out. Because it's, it's entertaining. If you re-release this movie today, just with the star power of Steve Buscemi alone driving it, it would make money. I don't, I don't know if people would like it, but it would make money. <laughs> uh, what about you, Doug? Yeah, I, you know what? I liked it a lot, too. Um, it's, it's a weird movie, and I can understand why mainstream audiences might not be able to get their head around the subject matter. I can also understand why nobody would know how to market it. But there was just... It was fun to watch. It was lighthearted. It had some entertaining moments, even though there was lack of gore. The weird stuff, like you know, the uncle that just pervs on the neighbor, all played out in that weird 80s innocence that was kind of like... I don't know, you didn't feel like he was a pervert for spying on the neighbor. You felt like he was just a guy that wanted to see a girl. Like, I, do you know what I mean? How like yeah. you used to be able to handle stuff like that in a certain way that I guess because it just didn't feel realistic enough that you, you weren't actually concerned about the person that he was being spied on. Um, whereas like, you know, if, if it's more of a darker thriller type movie, you see that happening, you actually you get that ick feel, but it didn't have any of that. So I didn't care that there was a woman. Like I was more concerned about the sleazy salesman who was trying to rip that off than I was about, you know, people coming back from the grave or dogs getting eaten or anything like that because it just had that atmosphere to it that made it a fun, casual watch. And I was I was really nervous because I liked this movie in 1992 and I haven't watched it since. And I kind of didn't anticipate it holding up well, but I I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I did fall asleep in the first like 15 minutes, but that's not because of the movie. <laughs> okay. Did uh, you wake and, up and watch the rest, or because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, I, I watched the rest of it. Um, I thought it was okay. I wasn't like deeply in love with it. Um, <clears throat> the quality of the YouTube video didn't help, so it was kind of blurry throughout most of it. Um, oh, that was yeah. the YouTube video. That's interesting to me. Because full disclosure, I watched this movie after having tests run on my eyes, and I thought it was the drops in my eyes that were making it blurry. <laughs> You're telling me it was the YouTube video that did it? And uh, and I think my YouTube video clipped at the very, very end. So I may not have seen the very end. It's the dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When the salesman shows back up. He's trying to make it up with Ed, and he shows up with Ed's dead dad. Oh, see, I didn't even get that far. The The salesman showed up, they went out to the car, and then, like, the video, like, jumped, and then the movie started all over again because it's like it was, like, two and a half hours long. So I think yeah. they were trying to find a way to keep from getting it booted off the uh, YouTubes by making it a weird length. <clears throat> So, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, so it was all right. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't in love with it. It was, a, but it, it was serviceable. I love that they were trying to set it up for a sequel, though. That's great. Ed and his dead dad. How much would you love it if they just made that now? Steve oh Buscemi. God, that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know if they can get Ned Beatty back. Nah, he ain't doing nothing. 
Like, wait any longer, it's going to be head this dead day. It's dead uncle, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little dark. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think my biggest my biggest gripe with this movie because I think it's silly and fun, so I don't have a lot to complain about the weirdness because it's like a a nineties comedy, so it's they're quirky and weird. But they're they're perfectly okay with the weird little nudity bits in the movie to try to like sell it, you know, ooh, sexy movie for adults. But but then completely shy away from showing any violence whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that as well, and I I attributed that to budget. My assumption is that they it's hard you know, you can't film the gore scene without special effects. You can film nudity without special effects. Suppose. That's and that I don't I, I don't know for sure that that's the reason, but I think that's what it was. Plus, it was 1992. That was a way to sell a movie was put an attractive girl in it, let the audience know that if they pay to see your movie, they get to see her naked because there's no internet yet. And by naked, like one boob for like half a second as she turns the corner. Doesn't matter. It was direct VHS. You'd hit a pause button and hope the tracking didn't blur out the nipple. (laughs) 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 So it's now again, you know. This isn't a great movie, but it is just, it's. I I think no one hit the nail on the head because it's just like a fun little comedy. All the other stuff just kind of doesn't matter. Whatever your criticism is of the movie. As long as it doesn't get boring at any point, which I don't really think it does, and it's. the jokes kind of hit, then you're pretty happy with it, right? And I would say, I would say most of the big jokes hit. There's there's more hits than misses. I really like the subplot of the uh, the preacher plotting to murder his cheating wife. <laughs> that was funny. When he comes in looking for bear traps, Steve Steve Buscemi just won't sell them to him. <laughs> you know, I just don't think I, I can just, do that. I just don't think I can do it. <laughs> like, have you thought about another way? <laughs> But then, then when he has to leave, he has the other guy take care of him, so apparently that guy sold him some bear traps. Yeah. Oh my god, the end when the the wife comes out of the house and is sitting there going, I don't know what, he thinks I'm cheating on him, what, why would he think that, blah, 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 and then she turns around and she's just like naked wearing an apron. <laughs> uh, did they establish a period setting at the beginning of this movie? I don't, I think it's supposed to be ambiguous. Yeah, because I noticed it could have been like 60s, 70s, sort of, with like how everybody was dressed and the style of like the cars and stuff. But I was just curious. No, I think it was, yeah, I think it was that weird, ambiguous Hollywood era that exists that is just kind of like it's the 50s (laughs) and then you added whatever modern conveniences to your story. was pretty common again in the in the 90s that was, there were a lot of movies that had that weird feel to them mm. uh, alright anything else before we move on uh, I mean I would say it's got a couple well, well the horror falls pretty flat it does have a few 
pretty awesome movies moments like the uh, old lady with the chainsaw is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and her driving the riding lawnmower into the chick's house to try to kill her is awesome. Yeah, that feels like it's a moment that if you took that scene and put it in the hands of a Sam Raimi or a Peter Jackson, you could have a lot of fun with it. And they they sort of hold back in this movie. That's fine. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Is it weird that I have very little interest in seeing Solo? No, I can I can understand. Especially, especially since I really love Star Wars. I just don't. You completely cut out, so I have no idea what you said. Is he still cut out, or am I the one that's cut out now? I hear. So you. You were cutting out. We couldn't. We didn't hear anything you said about not wanting to go see Solo. All right. <laughs> the internet does not want to hear why. <laughs> no, it doesn't want to see Solo. <laughs> no interest. I don't know. There's just, there's just nothing in it that like really uh, piques my interest. I like I like Donald Glover a lot. But that doesn't sell it because it's him playing a character that was by another actor that I like more than him. No, that's fair. I'm because I'm like fifty-fifty on Solo, and I was like pretty negative on it until the trailers came out. Um, and I'm a huge Star Wars guy, so yeah, I uh, I don't know. My my hopes are high, but my expectations are low. And as long as it doesn't suck, hopefully they learn their lessons from this and learn yeah. to do better in the future. Well, I mean, this whole thing was <laughs> was problematic from the start, so yeah. directors so, getting fired and all that bullshit. Yeah, no, I still got to sneak out and see Deadpool. I forgot how to say, yeah. <sighs> I just don't know how you guys can wait. Like Thursday, I was like, "Let's go, let's go, this is happening." It's in theater. For me, I just get less excited for, not necessarily less excited, but less eager for comedies than I do for other types of films. And essentially, I see Deadpool that way. Not that I won't like it. It's not that I won't laugh my ass off. It's just I don't necessarily need to see it in the biggest format or whatever. Yeah. I was super stoked for Deadpool, but uh, we were boarding the dog on Friday. And uh, I felt like it was his first time going so I felt like I'd be a piece of shit to go out and put him in the kennel for the night so I could go see the movie and get up the next morning. Like, all right, let's go to the fucking kennel, you piece of shit. So my own guilt got me. I'll probably get out to it like the night this week. See, that's why you just get a good dog like I have, and she just roams the house freely. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, why didn't you get a good dog now? 
Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, you go to the shelter and you're like, um, I would like a good dog, please. Bring me, bring me the goodest of the dogs. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anybody watch anything? We didn't. We didn't have any feedback for the first time in a while. <laughs> I think we got our fill last episode. Everybody said everything they needed to say last week. <laughs> like Eric is still catching his breath from having to type that whole thing out. <laughs> his fingers hurt. Uh, what'd you see, Doug? I uh, saw a few things here. I found a slasher I'd never seen, so I had to watch that, called The Prey, from either 1980 or 1984, depends on where you check, <laughs> um, which is always a good sign, right? Yeah. Uh, I really liked it because I'm a huge sucker for slashers. Mm. It's a, you know, it's pretty standard, a bunch of people are in the woods, every now and again you cut way to somebody who is going to tell you the backstory of why there's a killer up in those woods um the one thing it did really well which i'll give it credit for is low budget can't have the big gory kills in it they found interesting ways to do the kills without uh without needing those special effects and it they made it work storyline wise as well so one of the first kills is like a, a suffocation which you don't see very often in slasher movies but it was really convenient because by doing it that way, it's also a silent kill, which mattered in the plot. Um, so I thought that was really well done. It's available on YouTube. I'd recommend it if you're a slasher fan. Um, which I am. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you have to get past the beginning where it's like, you're like just watching it going, I know exactly where this is headed. I really don't need to spend time on this, but you know, when people are making a movie, they can't assume you've seen 3000 other movies with the exact same plot. <laughs> Um, and you have to try to not laugh out loud when the music starts, and I'm pretty sure they ripped it off right from Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> it's just, like, you're listening to the music, and I'm like, why do I know what slasher they're ripping off based on the soundtrack? That's not a good sign. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, if, like, again, just because I like slashers, I, there's not much left to say about them. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for one, it's up there. Like I say, it's I, lo I love that somebody has figured out how to upload movies to YouTube. And it's either legal or they're getting away with it, so that they're just there to watch, and you don't have to have any kind of commitment to them. You just hit play when you're bored. Yeah, thank God for YouTube not policing their site very well. So yeah, again, I don't, I don't. Maybe the people who own the copyright to the prey are the ones who put it up there. For all I know, I didn't check. It's not my job to check. Uh, on a similar front, when I was done watching The Prey, YouTube recommended, hey, if you like that one, you might like Day of the Animals, which I'd never seen. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think we talked about maybe doing the show with that one. but I believe we did, but I checked the list and it wasn't on there, so yeah. I'm like, fine, I'm watching it right now then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I liked it a lot, too. So I could tell by your Instagram with shirtless Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> so yeah so for people who don't know the movie is basically uh, people have polluted the animal the earth so much the animals revolt and they're fighting back it concentrates on a particular group of people who are on like a hiking trip and they're up in the woods and they start to become they start to get attacked and they start to uh, they, they're 
food that they have waiting for them at certain drop-off points is missing when they get there because the animals have taken it, which is kind of funny because it implies that the animals not only... It's sort of a deep blue sea moment where you're like, wait, so not only are the animals getting more vicious, but they know that that food's there <laughs> and they know to destroy it so that the humans won't be allowed to have it. That's a little weird. <laughs> and it's kind of funny in the sense that like there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of animals working together and you're like wouldn't if those animals suddenly got more aggressive wouldn't they fight each other? never mind it's not important what is important is that uh, you have a split in the group because leslie nielsen plays uh, one of the people that's there and he turns on the guide and he leads some of the people off on their own little adventure um and uh, spoiler alert whatever is affecting the animals is also affecting leslie nielsen <laughs> so he starts to get just meaner and meaner starts constantly threatening to rape this one girl then later shirtless Leslie Nielsen fights a bear I don't know what more you need from a movie <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Nielsen versus bear should just be on the poster and that's enough yeah like they should just call it that um, but yeah I don't know these nature strikes backs movie kind of, are always kind of fun to watch this one was sort of reminding me a lot of like plot line wise it was a lot like frogs but I thought it was better executed um and I liked the human-on-human tension that they built up as well. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat. Yeah, we need to do that one with uh, the long weekend. That makes sense. Be a good double bill. Yeah, I'll we'll have to wait a while, so I want to watch this one again. But... Yeah. Yeah, it was a it's, a it's a good one. It's one that I think a lot of people have heard of. It used to be kind of like a TBS movie that would be on like randomly on Sundays, but I never watched it because it didn't seem good from a distance. But now that I've actually seen it, I have to say I enjoyed it. You gotta be careful not to ask too many questions, I think, when you're watching it. <laughs> Wait a minute. If, if that cougar is so aggressive, why isn't it attacking that bird that's beside it? Why aren't they just sending the ants over to bite all these people if the animals are working together? None of this makes sense. Uh, same problem that existed with uh, same problem that existed with the frogs, I guess. But because I enjoyed this movie more, I just kind of was able to overlook it. Mm, yeah. Sorry, Noah just sent me like pictures of shirtless Leslie Nielsen over the chat. <laughs> in, case you, in case you couldn't hear my my notification going off. Uh, I got them too. Uh, less surprising to me because I recently watched the movie. So. <laughs> I have to say, I think Leslie Nielsen was really good in the role. And I, I only know him from his comedy work. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of caught off guard by how good he performs as <laughs> this like, evil son of a bitch. You know, he was he was a super serious, classically trained actor. And then they brought him in. Uh, I'm trying to think of where it started. I think it started with Airplane, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, it was like right around there. Yeah, and they brought him in because he was a serious actor to deliver these crazy lines because they thought it would be funny having this serious actor delivering funny lines. And somehow his entire career just avalanched <laughs> into this never-ending comedy. Well, I mean, like, Paul Rudd has pretty much taken the same career path. Like, he, like, is classically trained from Oxford and stuff, but got mixed up with this Judd Apatow stuff. And was like, well, that's how I'm going to pay all my bills now. <laughs> is doing that and then i'll still go do broadway plays to make to itch my other acting side 
good on them that they found a way to make a they found a niche that works for them oh totally regardless if it's what they you know it's careers are interesting that way you don't always end up where you think you're going to that seems uh that seems like it turned out pretty good for those two guys and i'm sure i mean it brought us great things like uh dracula dead loving and terrible things like mr magoo Uh, yeah. See, I never saw Mr. Magoo, and I'd completely forgotten it was made, and now you had to go and remind me. I, I'm going to just constantly think of Leslie Nielsen as the guy who fought the bear, because to me, that's more fun. Uh, I'm going to think of him as the creepy guy from Creepshow. To me, he's the guy who buried Ted Danson up to his neck on the beach. Yeah, fuck Ted Danson. <laughs> he knows what he did. <laughs> All right, we don't want to drum up all the <laughs> pro Ted dancing people out there and have them emailing in next week. So, we'll is there anybody it. who's anti Ted dancing? He's such a fucking likable guy. <laughs> I find it weird that you even have an opinion on Ted dancing. I really don't feel like I do. Ted dancing's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, but I don't. Did they have Cheers? Did they have Cheers in Canada? Yeah, yeah we had Cheers. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, Ted Danson's had it too good for too long, so fuck that son of a bitch. <laughs> we got to knock him down a peg or two. You've had it too easy, Ted Danson. <laughs> is this because he didn't get along with Larry and Curb Your Enthusiasm? Is that what this is about? <laughs> Uh, I could bring up that he wore blackface once <laughs> to heckle uh, Whoopi Goldberg when they were dating. It was pretty funny. Did he wear blackface or was he dressed up as Whoopi Goldberg? It's technically two different things. No, uh, it was straight up blackface. On blackface, and apparently he did it because he made a passing joke about doing it, and Whoopi basically said he didn't have the balls to do it. So it's Whoopi Goldberg's fault then. I'm just going to defend Ted Danson's blackface here because not enough people hate me. So, Have you guys seen his new show? Have you guys seen The Good Place? No. Nope. It's, it's really good. Actually, I think he's had like three shows that I haven't seen. <laughs> Ted Danson's everywhere. He just needs The Danson Show. The Danson Show? It's yeah, not even Ted Danson Show because everybody already knows. Yeah. I do believe that was just called Becker. Oh, I liked Becker. Becker was funny. My memories of Becker are weak at best. It's got Shawnee Smith in it, too. Oh, yeah. All right. Did you watch anything else, Doug? Yeah, I got a couple other things. Are you guys done with your Ted Danson comments? Uh, I guess so. We really have to do a Ted Danson episode one day so we can get right into all this stuff. Alright. Let's see, I watched a movie I didn't like called American Violence. Have you guys even heard of that one? No. So Netflix Yeah, so Netflix recommended it to me. And you know me, when Netflix says to watch something I tend to listen. Um, Yes sir, Overlord. The the plot line is (laughs) The plot line of the movie is something to the effect of supposed to be a psychiatrist who's pro death penalty 
gets sent in to do an analysis of a guy who's on death row to determine whether she should recommend a stay of execution. Supposedly, she's going to hear his story. Oh, Bruce Dern and Denise Richards. How could you not watch it? I didn't know Richards was in it. I saw Bruce. They put Bruce Dern front and center on the poster, for the record. <laughs> and he's not That's a main fair. character. Um, fair. They, they, they snuck her in. Yeah, like, I did not know she was going to. And she's not the problem. Her character isn't terrible, but it's not her acting that causes the character to be terrible. It's the writing. Because it's this whole thing where she's, first of all, she's teaching a class and that's sort of the bookend of it is the beginning. She's teaching her class that the death penalty is good. And at the end, she's teaching her class that the death penalty is bad. And that's kind of the idea that she learned that lesson by interviewing this guy. But what fucking class is that? That doesn't make any sense when you think about it. <laughs> like there's no class where the professor just gets to teach you their opinion. Um, that's, that's not true. That's philosophy. Okay. Sorry. I never, I've never taken a philosophy course. I don't know how that works. But anyways, so that's one of the problems with the movie. The other part of the problem with the movie is like when she walks in there to do her interview, her lines of dialogue are pretty much just her like, you're a son of a bitch who murders people and I hope you die. And he's like, wait, don't you want to hear my story? <laughs> and then she's like, wait, maybe I should. And it's like, shut up you guys are terrible and it's really bad too because it's in this cool setting where it's like a i don't know they got like one of those hannibal electric cages that's in the middle of a room the guy's in it and then they she's on the outside and they've each got a desk like facing each other so it looks really cool and then they start talking and you're like oh for fuck's sakes <laughs> and then where the movie really goes off the rails is when this guy starts getting into his backstory and there are instances of rape and child molestation and stuff like that, which... It's a good family movie. No. Um, <laughs> my point on stuff like that is when you are dealing with those type of topics, you have to be real careful. And if you're not handling it perfectly, you're handling it terribly. And they did not handle it perfectly. Um, so it just didn't all um and yeah it it's that it's that thing where when you're dealing with those subject matters you have to handle them right and it's not i'm sure they were trying to handle them right um but they were not successful so not not i don't recommend that one i brought it up just so i could complain about it (laughs) (laughs) i have like little notes on the stuff i watched throughout the week and my notes say american violence dash not good that's all I wrote down. <laughs> Bruce Dern's miscast as well. Yeah. I don't know. Don't watch it. I would say we'll talk about it if you guys ever see it, but don't. Yeah. So it's Probably it's not. my it's my own fault for not being more cautious as to what I watch. <laughs> but I usually like that kind of, those kinds of like psychological thriller type movies. That's what I was in the mood for. Yeah. I, the idea of interviewing a serial killer and trying to understand how he became that is interesting, but the execution wasn't there. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So then I watched an awesome movie called The New Kids, 1985, which is your typical 80s bullies revenge movie, except one of the bullies is James Spader 
the people getting revenge is uh, Aunt Becky from Full House. So that's that was another at last. Yeah, you know that combination you've always wanted. Yeah. So does, does James Favor come off as a menacing rapist? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well, to be fair, Mapis. Oh, well, that started early, huh? <laughs> rapist slash murderer. Let's be fair. We don't want to mislead the audience. Um, yeah, it is your typical '80s bully story where, like, it's two new kids come to town. They start immediately getting bullied in ways that just escalate well beyond what normal high school bullying ever would be. Um, there's a point where, like, so the new, the kids are living with their aunt and uncle, I think, at who run this like amusement park. And there's a point where the bullies show up and they're like trashing the amusement park and like literally driving their truck through walls and shit. And you're like, well, this is halfway through the movie. This stuff's happening early. Like this is <laughs> like, we're going to get to rape at this point. And then, and, I mean, by the end of it, when they're literally like lighting people on fire, you're like, okay, yeah, they, they really went there with this movie. I enjoyed it. Um, the climax of the movie takes place in the amusement park. And that is an amazing setting for a final fight out between this brother and sister and the bullies that have been tormenting them throughout the film. The bullies literally put like a sharpshooter on the top of the Ferris wheel to like shoot down at the kids that are fighting back on them. <laughs> it's it's so fun to watch. There's like a, a a fight that happens inside the House of Mirrors that's just great, where they're all like chasing each other around and nobody knows who's the like you know the classic who's the real one when you're in a, a House of Mirrors, but. <laughs> super fun moments so if you're into those sort of 80s revenge movies that are just ridiculous in their over the top portrayal of high school bullying sort of like this is sort of like redneck karate kid I guess I don't know <laughs> but I'm in favor of it redneck karate kid nice <laughs> yeah it's instead of learning karate they just trick the guys into going to a house of mirrors <laughs> kill him while he's in there so I had fun with that one. Um, and it's also available for free through a streaming service that I have. And I'm trying to remember which one I watched it on right now. <laughs> I think it might have actually been through Crackle, which is like Sony's free streaming service. Oh, uh, yeah. So The one that put out Joe Dirt 2. Yeah, yes, it is that one. Because I saw Joe Dirt 2 there and I almost watched that instead. No, I didn't. So yeah, uh, that's that one's a big recommend for if you were like back if you liked like class of 1984, I'd recommend this one. Nice. Um, And the last thing I watched, which I watched by accident today because it happened to be on TV, was The Great Escape, the old like. Oh yeah movie about guys trying to break into prison. A little outside of the norm for what we usually talk about on this show. Isn't it uh, Clint Eastwood? No. Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen. I thought Clint Eastwood was in that one. I don't remember him being in it. Maybe he looked really different at the time. James Garner, Garner, Steve McQueen. A few other recognizable faces. I think I'm thinking of the Birdman of Alcatraz. Yeah. I think he had a small part in that one. He isn't. He's definitely in Birdman of Alcatraz, or one of the Alcatraz escape movies. Yeah, um, yeah The Great Escape, it's it's a surprisingly good movie um, in that 
like war movies from that era tend to be very, you know, rah rah, yay for war, and they seem to edit out all the the violence and all that kind of stuff. This movie played out really well as like a drama, though, like where it really is all about these people who are trying to break out of this prisoner of war camp, and very much it plays out like it's a long movie. It's just about this breakout it's not really about anything else and it doesn't you don't have any battle scenes you don't have any that kind of stuff so it's uh odd for its time but i enjoyed it quite a bit you do kind of have to put up with that old school acting i forget what year it's yeah. from but 63 i think this was imdb said yeah i believe you i didn't yeah. check any of that i assumed you'd check when i brought up the title um <laughs> i did because i got excited because uh, charles bronson listed in it so yes it does have charles bronson in it as long as uh, as well as sir richard attenborough and donald pleasance yeah donald pleasance is actually quite good in it he plays like a character who is kind of going blind and there's like one of the one of the dramatic debates that they have in the film is they're breaking a certain number of people out of this prison um not everybody can go obviously and he feels he should be entitled to go and a lot of other people feel he's earned the right to go but because of his blindness they're like well you're not gonna get away like once you're out and you go to scatter you have to find a way to get from germany out of the war and they a lot of people are thinking like you're not gonna be able to do that if you can't see and you don't know your way around um so that's kind of a fun point that they not a fun point but an interesting point that they deal with in the movie um one of the other guys ends up kind of taking him under his wing and stuff but yeah, it, it, it's surprisingly good. Um, like I said, you have to put up with that old-timey acting. But it is what it is when you watch a movie from that era. And, yeah, it's uh, been on my list to watch for a while. I just haven't gotten around to it. Because I'd seen, like, parts of it before. Today when I sat down, it was near the beginning. and happened to be on TV and kidnapped for a lot longer than I anticipated. So I ended up watching the whole thing. <laughs> Sweet. Noah, what did you watch? Uh, I finished Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. All right. It's all right. It was good last week, so it must have gone downhill. Well, it's all right. Like like I said, it's weird. It's weird because it's a it's a good, well written show with characters that I enjoy. That's that's all tainted by the fact that they had to try to make it Star Trek, and it's not fucking Star Trek. You can't change everything and then call something that thing. But, so I did that, and then uh, other than that, I've been I've started a rewatch of Dexter. Oh. To try to get through the six to eight seasons. No. Nope. It stopped after season four. That's a good place. That's a, that's a good thing. It was only four seasons. I feel like it's fine to watch up to the end of season six. Ugh. I'm not saying like season four is the peak. Yeah, but it's rough. But a joy. I was gonna say everybody keeps saying the last two seasons they shit the bed, so might not do the last. Well, I mean, I feel like you kind of probably kind of have to watch them to say, "Be like, yep, you're right, shit the bed." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. There's there's 16 hours of my life I won't get back. <laughs> <laughs> wonder why the writers that were so good a couple of years ago got so bad. I wonder why all that stuff they set up, they decided, 
nah, let's not carry through with all that stuff. <laughs> I believe uh, the showrunner left, which I think is a lot of the problem. Is that what happened? I, I mean, like they, ah, oh, fuck. They set it up, right? Like they had it all in place where there were several crimes where he had left enough evidence that could possibly be traced back to him. You had several police officers who were fucking wanting to catch him or would have won and had a problem with him could have easily set up a final season that was a chase sequence of them all figuring out that he was the killer and coming after him and whatever else yeah. and instead they did that shit they did yeah which like, Noah when he watches it will refer to it as that shit they did yeah like Noah will be in a bad mood that week <laughs> so when you get Let's, done we can have a bitch fest it'll be awesome no we're, I'm not done bitching right now <laughs> Do you guys remember the part where, like, he quits the police force and it's, like, in the background of a scene? Like, he's, like, walking away and, like, he just walks up to Angel, who's, like, the captain now for no reason because he quit the season before and then they just had him come back. And he's just, like, he's just, like, yeah, I quit now. And they're, like, okay. And you're, like, the whole fucking show has been about him working for the police department. And you end it just with, like, a line of dialogue in the background of another shot. Like, yeah, I quit now. All right, I guess you got to quit. You got to quit the fuck man <laughs> and then they fucking killed Deb off screen oh for fuck's sakes now I'm mad about Dexter yeah and you're spoiling it for Noah for how oh. bad it's gonna be yeah what the fuck dog you said I it's remember the future <laughs> you, you said it's a rewatch I'm allowed to spoil it I watched the first three seasons I haven't seen Oh, really? Oh, shit. Then a lot of that was spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now I'm just, oh. I don't fucking care. That's, that's why one I of those shows that. That's after you watch it, we could have a bitch fest. <laughs> that's one of those shows that pissed Sorry. me off to no end because I'm like, I've got like the first four seasons on DVD and I never watched them because I'm, it makes me think about how bad the last two seasons were. Specifically the last season. Yeah. Hmm. You'll get there, Noah. I've also, uh, I, I haven't watched them yet, but the Deadpool advertising thing that they did with all the new Blu-ray releases of a oh, bunch of movies. That's the most genius, gorgeous yeah, thing I've got, ever seen. They got a bunch of my money. <laughs> and I didn't even buy them for the Deadpool covers. I just bought them because they were cheap Blu-rays of movies that I need to upgrade to Blu-ray. Yeah. So, like, I got, like, Predator and Terminator and Revenge uh, of the Nerds. Yeah. I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm just like. I do need to upgrade some of those, and you know, a Deadpool cover is a pretty good reason to uh, to upgrade it. And they're, they're cheap. Yeah, that's my favorite marketing of all time. <laughs> they're fucking geniuses, and all the commercials and stuff are ridiculous. That that stupid commercial for microwave sandwiches. You guys see that one? Yes. Where it's just Deadpool, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Sell it out." <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I love the marketing for Deadpool. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's my favorite thing. Like, like when he like showed up on like the Colbert Report. Did you guys see that? <laughs> I saw not, that he had done it, but the, I watched it. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't. I've, I almost don't want to spoil it for you, but it's pretty funny, and the ending of it I enjoyed. Nice. Uh, 
I just hope I just hope that team stays together because they fucking hit that character so well. Yeah. And I just but, need them to keep doing the same thing. Uh yeah, we'll see. Uh anything else? No, that's that's it. I other than that I was doing conclusions Alright. Well, I watched a couple things, uh sort of along the same lines as Doug. I just uh the first Mission Impossible movie was on. And me and Amanda decided not to change the channels, so we watched the whole movie. Alright. Right. And I was I haven't seen like the original one like forever. So it was kind of fun to go back and rewatch that one after seeing sort of where the series has gone since then. Uh, which I enjoy all of them in their own just weird whatever universe they live in. Uh, so that was fun. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, Amanda had no idea or didn't remember that John Boyd was in it. And she's a big fan of his because of uh, Ray Donovan now. So she got kind of excited. Uh, watched the 1981 movie Ghost Story, which I had never seen before. And which was, uh, it's based on the Peter Straw book. It's like uh, it's got like Fred Astaire and uh, the old guy from uh, from Rollerball. That was like in charge of the company. Yeah, okay. And then like two other older guys, and they had all had this. So they're all old now, like they're super old, as I just pointed out. And they all have the secret of something that happened when they were younger, uh, surrounding this woman. And then uh, as the movie goes on somehow they start mysteriously dying like one by one and the sort of uh, idea is that the spirit of this woman has come back to sort of enact her revenge on all of them uh, it's really good, enjoyed it uh, Craig Wasson from uh, Body Double and Nightmare on Elm Street 3 fame plays the uh, son of one of them so he's sort of like the character that we're following trying to unravel this mystery uh it's good some of the uh exposition plods a lot along a little bit but the effects are like really cool like yeah people see just randomly see this decomposed woman like in their house or something and, yeah the special effects are awesome uh then the last thing i watched was Deadpool 2. Which I don't want to get too far into because obviously it's brand new and you guys haven't seen it yet. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Laughed my ass off the entire time. Uh, was shocked by a lot of stuff that happened in it. The trailers uh, led me to believe this is going to be a certain type of movie and it goes complete opposite direction which is hilarious. That's good. And, uh, yeah, just laughed. So many, you know, references over and over and over again. Uh, I don't know. After you guys talk about it, we'll have to 
have a quick discussion on here or something because it's pretty funny and uh, uh, there's no like post post credit sequence there's a mid credit sequence that might be some of the funniest shit like ever so we'll have to talk about it with you guys when you guys see it but definitely a recommend for me so everybody should go check check out Deadpool 2 I'm glad to hear that it holds up because you kind of get worried that when something hits as good as Deadpool hit, that just like mm-hmm. it, was, it was as perfect as it was. You, you're worried whether they can recapture that. Yeah, sounds like they can though. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I always have a weird thing with like all of these because like I sort of felt the same way with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like Guardians of the Galaxy one was so perfect, and I loved it so much. And Guardians of the Galaxy two, I think, is amazing still great but it just doesn't have since since it's not the first one and you're seeing it all come together there is just that little spark that you're missing a little bit yeah it's hard for a sequel to catch you off guard the way the first one can yeah and like i feel sort of like that with this one too like the first deadpool is so perfect and then this one is like still like amazing but there is just that little spark where it's just like, yeah, but it's not the first one. It's not the first one. It's not the first time. So there is that little bit, but the sequel is still really good. So lucky on that end. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Doug, do you want to talk about what we're going to be doing next week? Since you picked it. Oh, right. You guys let me pick next week. Yeah. Next week. Um, more mainstream movies than this week I guess we're going to uh, look at Starman and the last Starfighter so some kid friendly science fiction movies from the 80s question mark one of them's kid friendly but directed by John Carpenter so kid friendly within its limits <laughs> I, th- I think it literally just came down to they both have star in the title, so we just yeah. together. No, I think when we watch them, though, we'll find that they are atmospherically similar, even though the plot lines are very different and the yeah, probably quality of acting is very different. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I never, never turned on a a reason to watch a John Carpenter movie, and I haven't seen Starman in forever, so. It's a, it's a personal favorite of mine. Like spoiler alert, week I'm gonna love both of these movies. <laughs> and weirdly enough, I've never seen uh, Last Starfighter, so this is a good reason to uh, to watch it. Yeah, Last Starfighter was one of those ones that when I was a kid, I watched it like a thousand times, and I had like an, I had one of those like audio books where you listen to the cassette tape and you read along with the story to help you learn how to read, and I would just go through that over and over. Nice. My parents would make me go in the car. I'd bring it with me. Yeah, I, I, watched, like, I watched it too many times. Too many <laughs> times is the correct. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think it's not unreasonable to say that about myself, and I think it's not unreasonable to say that as an adult, I've revisited it too many times to see if it holds up. Because I'm always like, I wonder if that movie holds up, and then my brain goes, Well, it's only been like a year since you watched it, so you probably, <laughs> it's, I'm just gonna check anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, 
I only really know the plot of that movie and sort of like how it works because of the episode of Clerks where they the cartoon yeah where they, they basically rip off the entire plot for him building pyramids yeah and it's a weird plot and you can get into a lot of the problems with it <laughs> but you know yeah we'll see it's, again I think you're gonna have to go into both of next week's movies with the idea uh, not so much both but definitely with The Last Starfighter going with the mindset that this was a kids movie it was the 80s mm-hmm. yes some of these scenes seem inappropriate to show to children but it was the 80s Yes, some of the plot line points are a bit silly, but it is a kid's movie. Yeah. No, I'm excited to see it, so. Oh, which I don't know if I told you guys. I actually uh, turned on my coworker to The Wizard, Fred Savage. Right. He is only 25, so every time I'm around him, I just hate him for his youth and existence. Yeah, because his life is better than yours because he's younger than you. Yeah, uh, uh, even though he's like a really good guy, and like actually went to see Deadpool two with me and my friends, but I'm just like, motherfucking twenty five year old, you son of a bitch, you asshole. When this movie's over, you're gonna still have energy to go out again later, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like really into video games and stuff, and he bought like a power glove. Oh yeah. And so I commented, I'm like, I love the power glove, it's so, so bad. bad. And then I put the gif up, and he had no idea what it was. I'm like, you've never seen The Wizard? And he's like, no, I've never even heard of it. Well, that's Uh, probably a lot of people who are 25 would have that reaction. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, dude. So I said, I've got Fred Savage in it. And they're like, who? And you're like, shut your fucking whore mouth. Oh, isn't he on that show, uh, Friends from College or whatever, on Netflix? They're like, I fucking hate you, son of a bitch. 25-year-old piece of shit. The the television director? (laughs) Uh, so I found the movie on YouTube and sent him a clip. And he literally is like, well, I know what I'm doing tonight. And I saw him the next day at work. He's like, dude, I watched The Wizard last night. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm like, I figured you would. You're out there buying power gloves. So then we talked about how that was like the debut of Super Mario 3. And he was like flabbergasted. So that's how they, back in the day when they used to make entire movies and TV shows just to sell us products. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he gets super analytical about it and break down. Uh, I don't think he took away the, uh, <laughs> the discussion of divorce and abandonment like we did. Oh, what about the mental health issues? <laughs> the, the, advantage, the advantages to not naming the mental health issues so you don't you're not constrained by the legitimate real world symptoms. <laughs> did you did you tell him how much he missed out because that was the first time we all saw? Mario 3. Yeah, so I told him like the that was the debut of Mario 3, like it had never been seen before. And we were all just like, what the hell? I love the fact that too, we were all, what the hell? And it's they made up part three after part one and part two video game very successful. <laughs> That's what blew our mind is that they went with three. <laughs> uh yeah, so he enjoyed it. Uh, I have to find another movie I can recommend to him to see if it'll blow his mind. Monsters, Little Monsters. Oh, it should be Little Monsters. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to dive into the Fred Savage oeuvre here, Tim. Uh, 
Next up is going to be uh, Vice Versa. I saw a little bit of that on TV the other day. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I should watch this. This might this might go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there was some channel that showed that, and then whatever the Kirk Cameron version of that is. Oh yeah, like Father likes that. Yeah, so I saw like I saw like three minutes of each of those, then thought better. It's better not to watch those. (laughs) Yeah, they don't do uh, body switching stuff enough anymore. Wasn't there? There was a remake of one of those that came out not that long ago. Hmm. No, they did that. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Jason Bateman, the Switch. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I, I did like, because my mind, I think when I think of body switching movies, I think about movies from the eighties, those kind of fun little romps. And yeah. I turned on that, that one with Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. I had like some of my nieces and nephews over. So much kids in the oh, room. No, no, that was a bad <laughs> it was idea. Like, it was like literally I've I've never seen it before. It was like a like a nine year old looking at me going, I don't think I should be watching this. This language <laughs> is really bad. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. We should turn this off. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was a bad idea. This movie know. this movie was made for adults who enjoyed those movies in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, there's lots of swearing. There's a naked pregnant lady. That baby just shit in Jason Bateman's mouth. We should probably not be watching this. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I taught those kids an important lesson about putting off uh, parenthood until you're ready. Have you ever seen it, Noah? No, I have not. It, it's pure like candy. Like there's no redeeming thing about it. But all the stuff I listed just happen. It does happen in the movie. Yeah, it's it's hard art like comedy. And, yeah. yeah. I missed the whole section of that. Oh. Well, listen to the show when it's made available. And you can hear what we said. <laughs> the internet's so spotty. How are you going to watch your porn if your internet's that spotty? You're going to have to start and stop like over and over again. No, he's just going to find his dad's old stag films. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one with the chambermaid? <laughs> Chambermaid and the donkey? Chambermaid and the donkey. (laughs) Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.